Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's another cup of tea, and I'm Izzy Dill, and I'm joined by Anfield Draft Spurs regular Paul Dwayne. Hi, Paul. Hi, Lizzie. How are you? I am good. Now, most people will probably think as I've started this conversation that I'm going to talk about something else other than what you're actually here to talk about. <laughs> but I've just realised dead quickly that this is the first time we've seen you since the Champions League final. Yes, indeed it is. Because <laughs> um, I went to, uh, as I've sort of told everyone before, I was going to Reunion Islands the very next day, the very next morning. Um, so actually, it kind of done me a favour because I wasn't in the city to see all the celebrations but I saw it from afar and you know what it was I felt almost like a a sense of pride yeah because I'm you know I've lived there for 20 years and this is my city so and then it was all the good press that was coming out about Liverpool fans consoling Spurs fans you know Spurs fans finding wallets and returning them to Liverpool fans and you know just a, a general camaraderie that really special for me because you know, imagine if you were playing Chelsea or Man United or City or anyone else. I don't think there would have been that kind of nice atmosphere. It just goes to show. And one of the things that one of my uh, Tottenham fans said was the reason why Tottenham fans don't really hate Liverpool is because they're the only team that come to White Hart Lane and sing about their team. Mm. So they sing Liverpool, Liverpool and yeah. Liverpool songs. They don't slag off Tottenham or, you know... And I think Spurs respect that and, and, and see Liverpool as a proper football club. So if there's anyone we were going to lose to, um, that we had to lose to, um, Liverpool was were the team. I mean, we have enough teams come to Anfield and sing about everything other than football. Yeah. So we, we are used to it. Um, but you're actually here in your Africa OEA capacity, which yeah. I'm sure um, a good couple of Anfield draft listeners will already know that um, you're the artistic director. But we just want to do a bit more of a long form chat for, mm. for people who may who may not have heard of Africa OEA before or okay. don't know what it's about, really. Um, you've just said there about when you were saying that you're not from here, but you've lived here for a while. Mm. Um, Spurs fan from London. Yeah, um, literally brought up right next to the ground, my school backed onto the ground, um, lived there all my life until I met my now wife, um, who uh, I met her at a party, in, a leaving party, long story, um, to move to Los Angeles, actually, where I was going to start a new life there. And now you're in Liverpool? From LA to what? LA. You've got yeah. the sunny side here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and basically, I met this uh, beautiful woman in the kitchen at like four in the morning, and that changed my life. And... Um, I'd already been coming to Liverpool anyway, uh, so I already had this kind of affinity with the city. I'd come up to Cream, or what I'd do is I'd go to Liverpool or Everton or Man U, Man City, 
or even Sheffield Wednesday, but our base would always be in Liverpool. And even if we were playing United or City, we'd come back and, and rave in Liverpool. So we'd go to Kirklands, we'd go to Cream, um, all those sort of spots. And we just loved the vibe anyway. So the, I kind of knew I was going to end up with a, a scouse. I just knew it, you know. Um, and sure enough, I met her in this kitchen and, uh, and, and the rest is history. So I ended up moving to Liverpool and within the first month or so, I'd secured a job with... Um, working for this obscure organisation at the time called Africa Oye. Oh, yeah. oh, so when you moved up here, it was... So it already began in 1992, but it was only like a couple of hundred people, yeah. if that, you know, 50s and 60s, if the truth be known. Um, you know, almost like, you know, m- sort of middle-aged people who had probably been to Africa and heard the music and c- were familiar with it. Because back then, African music was considered kind of really weird, you know. Um and it was to me, if the truth be known, I didn't know much about it. But Kenny, as a Glaswegian guy who's now retired, started it in 92. And then I joined in 99 when I moved there. And then just in that time, I just saw the potential in it because there's no other festival that is playing that type of music. And it creates a certain ambience and vibe of peace and happiness. I know I sound like a hippie here, but <laughs> it, it honestly does. I mean, if I tell you, touch wood, we've had 10 arrests in 27 years. And most of them were between two, like, you know, a, a man and a wife fighting with each other, as opposed to sort of any other thing. And can you imagine that happening in any other city in the country, let alone the world? You know, it, it's just, it just creates a peaceful harmony. And now... Fast forward up, up till this year, and now we get, we've got a license for 40,000 people a day in that park, which is, you know, I've seen it grow. I've actually seen now people come up to me with babies and say, you know, I used to come here as a baby, and now I've got my kids taking them there. And then you see, oh, my God, has it been that much time, you know? So for me, it's a momentous year. It's 20 years with Africa OEA, um, you know, 20 years in the city, and 20, the most important one, just in case he's listening, 20, 20 years with my missus. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's quite a momentous year for me. And as someone who obviously has lived here all their life, has known about Africa OEA, I was shocked to find out it started that early, yeah. in 1992. Yeah. Um, how? D- I mean, how did that movement come about in Liverpool in, in the 90s? I Kenny, just... um, he was a bit of an activist and, you know, um, he, I think he was at university in Scotland and he started travelling around Africa. And then... Um, he started hearing all these different types of music all over Africa and was like, oh, I need to start something in the UK. So he literally stuck a pin in the map uh, and, and the nearest major city was Liverpool. And he said, right, let's bring it there. And it just was a coincidence that, you know, Liverpool's got, you know, historic links with Africa and the transatlantic slave trade, a lot of negative stuff. But I think what we tried to do and what he tried to do was to portray the positive things that came out of that, like the food, the music, the culture, the fashion, um, and that's kind of all encapsulated at the festival and particularly the music is what we want to showcase. That's amazing. I didn't know that he literally stuck a pin in a map. I yeah. thought like there would be some lovely, you know, reason about Liverpool, glowing reason about the city being rich yeah, in its I mean, music. I think it's, yeah, I mean, I think it all, it was meant to be because as I said, you've got the, 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 the slave trade links, but you've also got this fantastic history of music in the city of all types. Um, and what I love is that you, you get bands, um, sort of indie bands and rock bands that come to the festival and they get inspired because there's a lot of the the, the the formations and the notes and the stuff that people play are not your conventional way of playing instruments. So it's almost like a learning 
experience for 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 our musicians as well to see that as well as people seeing i mean these artists you might not know um them by name but most of them are sort of a1 artists in their own country you know so we're not we're not just getting any old band we've been in this for a long time and we get over 300 submissions from around the world for like 10 slots 10 international slots on stage so the standards always of the highest quality so how would you say you've just said you've been at Africa OEA for 20 years, other than the obvious with it moving to Sefton Park, the size of it. Mm. What have you seen changed? About what, what have you noticed that's changed? I just think the audience. I mean, as I said in the beginning, it was sort of middle-aged people that uh, had been to Africa and probably heard the music. And, and it was all about every year audience development, seeing what audience, you know, are we getting people from the North End? Okay. What can we do to sort of get people from the north end? So we put Finley Quay on, who people might be respond, um, familiar with from 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 his album back in the sort of nineties or whatever it was, and then that audience come and then they see the acts and they're like, actually, I love all this music, and they come again, they tell their friends, um, and it's the same with reggae music with the black community. We originally, we, you know, the black community weren't really listening to African music as much, so we listened to hip hop and soul and stuff. So and reggae so we put on reggae headliners and then they started to come in and they realized that that like that music and it's been like that really i can go examples for for all types of communities and 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 what actually happens then is you get a real cross-section of not just people from different cultures but different age groups you know um different um social backgrounds um so it's it's basically the best way to say without being you know trying to sound like I'm the biggest do-gooder in the world is that it's fully inclusive and for that weekend it's almost like an amnesty for everyone you know everyone just wants to have a good time and everyone forgets any beef that they might have had or their political allegiances or religious allegiances or just some of the crap that goes on in this world you yeah. know it's just a lovely release to just see people uh, enjoying themselves if there only is, for one weekend. There is a real good spirit around Africa oh yeah it's um, like you said it seems to create happiness amongst yeah. everyone yeah. and it's not just about the music, is it? Obviously, you have the, the headline acts. You've now got two DJ stages. We have. We've got um, Trenchtown and Freetown, which started off as, like, as Andy Kershaw said to me this week, um, I'm not going to be DJing in the back of an ice cream van, am, am I? You know, because, like, <laughs> that's what it was like. Like, everything we do, you know, it starts off really small, and then we try and build it up uh, organically. And now we're at the stage where they, they're actually mini stages with, you know, scaffolding and hay bales and decoration and we've created these little kind of almost like boiler room sessions um particularly in freetown where you almost like it feels like walking past a club at times you know and then trench town's sort of like this reggae vibe going on which is nice and cool and laid back and then of course we've got move Mo that do all the uh, workshops in the active zone we've got a science tent this year a science yeah tent? With What's all, going like, experiment. On there? I, well you know we, we just want um to make sure everybody's catered for so we, as well as the music we've got trying to get as much things going on lfc are this year uh here this year they're doing um some football stuff um i can tell you exactly what it is in i think that's, I remember, that's but... really that's really good as well i mean there's you know liverpool are liverpool have the two best african footballers on this planet <laughs> you know they, 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 they have an involvement and yeah i think that's a really good i think that's a really good move by the club yeah, I think they've been trying to get involved for a number of years, but it, sometimes with stuff like that, it's weather weather permitting, you know, and, mm. and, and, and it's been a bit iffy for them. But um, this year they've committed and they're going to be doing some shooting sessions and stuff like that with, um, well, I think anyone can take part. I don't, I don't think it's just for children, so look out for that 
that there. And of course, um, we have something like 100 stalls um, selling food from all over the world, African, Caribbean and beyond, uh, and also clothing and arts and crafts from all over the place. So all this is free. So all we ask of people is the two places where we need, uh, where people can help to support us are definitely by buying merchandise in the merchandise tent, T-shirts, um, key rings, whatever's available. And of course, the OEA bar doesn't have to be alcoholic, but just, you know, we allow people to bring their own food and drink. So all we ask back is, you know, just make a contribution somewhere along the line in the buckets or whatever, because I don't, what people don't realise is the project costs them like 250 grand to put together. We get funding from the Arts Council, we get funding from the City Council, but we also have to raise a high percentage of that money ourselves. And, you know, we're probably the only last free music festival in the city and we want to keep it that way. And it's almost like become the People's Festival. And I don't want to lose that, do you know what I mean? So what we need is for people to, to look at all the ways they can support OEA, um, look at all the publicity materials, you know, donations, become friends of OEA. Now I'm sounding like Bob Gilder. Go friend, <laughs> away. But yeah, I mean, we give a lot. You know, I've got a team of people that is so small you wouldn't believe it, and we're running an international music festival that's renowned you know, in so many countries. I've visited probably 30 countries in the last 20 years. Um, promoting the city, promoting the festival. Um, so don't tell them that we're such a small operation because I think they think we're massive. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, just got back from Reunion Islands, checking out music there, doing a music conference there, been to Cape Verde, been to Colombia, just been all around and also trying to find new music. So, you know, we're Africa, but always also the diaspora. So any countries that have, you know, Brazilians have variants of African music, Cuba, you know. This year we've got people from Belize and Haiti, you know. If there's a link to Africa, then then we're interested in it, if it's top quality. And I think what you've just said there about it being free, um, people forget that Africa OEA is a charity, mm. um, that you do need to donate to it. And you you took the words out of my mouth. It is the last free festival. Sefton Park, you've been there since 2002. Obviously the operation was was getting bigger and bigger and you needed a home for more people. And I think it's getting bigger each year. The thing is, with success, sometimes comes cost. Yep. And and I think people need to not be a bit naive about that because, like you say, we've seen music festivals be whittled down in this city. Still, a lot of them excellent value, but this is the only free one. Yeah. And Sefton Park is an amazing place in the summer. It's an amazing place for live music. Mm. They've, the likes of Nile Rodgers and Kings of Leon are playing in Sefton amazing. Park this Absolutely year, which amazing. is which is I think incredible for this city, but also for that side of the city and for Sefton Park. But mm. yourselves, you know, you you are the the ones who can, like you've just said, the People's Festival. People can bring the kids; they don't have to really worry too much about money. Well, yeah, this is it. I mean, there can't be many festivals we can go where you can bring your own food and drink. Mm. And if you literally didn't want to spend a penny, you didn't have to, you know. Um, and I think to balance that, you know, some people, a lot of people do do that. And what we're trying to say is, look, we appreciate that, but I'm sure you can find a couple of quid just to just... And if everybody does that, you know, we'll be fine. But I think people must... They, they get lost in the fact that it's free and forget that you to co contribute, you know what I mean? And, and I'm just trying to get that message out there this year because, you know, every year, it get, I mean, we had an extra £20,000 compliance cost last year, just out of nowhere. Mm. You know, we had to get extra toilets, extra fencing. 
and where do we find that money from? Do you know what I mean? And we've got people that are working on minimal staff, you know, doing it more for, uh, sorry, minimal wages, just doing it for love more than money. Do you know what I mean? But there's only a certain point that people will go before they've got to look after themselves as well, you know. It's something that I think this city should be absolutely really, really proud of. So I think people will get behind it. I think people have got behind it and hopefully will continue to get behind it in that way. So I'll give a reminder at the end, but just a quick one there. So if if you do want to donate, please head to Africa OEA's website, africaoea.com, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's a donate button top right. Or simply just show your support. Like you say, the the likes of all the foods and that as well. It's it's gonna be gorgeous food that you haven't had before. Is it I, I'm a bit of a food bore. Mm. When I go to festivals weirdly I like eating the food more than anything. Yeah. What's I do you look forward to eating different do you have well, like a store that you go to each time or do you try I, to I go used around? to, but like um what I try to do now is just like it use my perks as the director to get as much free stuff as possible, you know. Fair That's the enough. one the one thing I do do. But like um yeah, I just like to get a coffee in the morning and you know, the usual little bacon butty or something like that and then work my way up to crepes um sort of in the afternoon early afternoon then work my way up to sort of jerk chicken oh yeah we've got to have a bit of jerk chicken yeah. with rice and especially it's all freshly cooked as yeah. well and all our traders are four and five store five star you know we've had to do that over the years it's not like you know 20 years ago or you know 15 years ago where someone's got a table selling fried chicken you know it all has to be you know a, top draw uh, of the highest order and and it is so i try some of that and then also um there's the guy a coconut man and he does these coconuts uh fresh coconuts where you, you cut some up and you uh you get a straw and have those coconut as well. milk yeah. amazing yeah so as the director you spend so much time putting this together you're going around different countries you're sourcing new talent you're putting everything together it's must be so stressful, a lot of work to go into it. But you know, when it comes around to Saturday and Sunday, hmm. are you still stressed, or, do you, or can you find a, a, you know, a couple of hours, an hour, a couple of minutes? Yeah, to just... I think it's changed now. I mean, going back in the day when it was just me and Kenny, literally me and Kenny, I, it was like forty towers. I was like, people come up to me, who's the event manager? I'd be oh. like, that's me. Who's the traders manager? <laughs> oh, that's me too. So you'd end up having like calves the size of like, you know, Roberto Carlos because we've been running around for the whole whole t- whole weekend, can't walk for a week, totally stressed. But the way I've set it or we've set it up over the last, you know, 10 years in particular is we have a team now that deliver the festival. So my work is literally done leading up to the festival. So my work I have a walkie-talkie, so I'm always in contact, but they try to cut me out of every conversation because they just want me to be stress-free. I'm there then to schmooze and meet with people, speak to all general public and enjoy the bands and spend time with my friends and family now, which I'm able to do. Um, I remember like booking bands and not seeing them apart from my other festivals because I didn't see them at my festival, um, which was bizarre. And I just thought, no, I've got to start enjoying this. So... I've managed to take a back seat now and, and and sort of just float around on the buggy every now and again and just sort of enjoy have an office on my own in the back away from everyone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. But I enjoy it most Sunday night when you're doing the sort of closing. You know, yeah, and everything's gone off all right. Because you got to remember, I feel responsible for thousands of people, you know. And sometimes when you look out on that stage and see all those people in the park, you kind of think, ooh, I don't like this. You know, it's like... 
I am like yourself a control freak <laughs> but <laughs> some would say but uh, yeah in a good way but um but yeah it's still quite daunting to think about you know the amount of people that you're in charge of at, at that point but you get to have a vantage point of seeing the sheer size of it yeah. um seeing how far it's come and I just wonder where where do you see it going in even say like the next couple of years? So next year is like are you is that like a bit of a So no, our next big anniversary is two thousand twenty two, it's the thirtieth. Um so we're we're gonna be for the next few years working up to doing something really special then. Um but we're definitely looking at doing things like expanding uh into uh, uh down south. Um we've had some talks right. about that already. Um which wouldn't change this OEA, it would just help help it to be more so sustainable because you already do like events around the uk yeah, the we, do, brand, don't yeah you? we do a lot of stuff around the uk we've done tours before as well but but we definitely want to have another festival down south and then also look at expanding overseas as well um because again we've had lots of interest from about four or five countries so it's just about, about finding the right investors and making sure like everything we do we take small steps every year and that's probably why we're still here after 27 years because if we've had a really good year, we're not going to say, right, let's spend this much on bands, let's do this. It's just like, okay, we just add this next year. And then you just take small steps and then you find that you're there because you could just go crazy one year. You won't be there the next. You know, I've seen so many festivals come and go in our time. Um, and it's about just keeping balanced. And just like me with Spurs, it's like, <laughs> if we win, don't get too excited. If we lose, I don't get too depressed. You know, just try and keep it on the balance. But that's where the progressions come to you've been going for so long, I suppose. And what I was saying before about people hopefully really getting involved and chipping in is, I think I'd like to know what your view is, but me as a Scouser, we're, we're very proud of what is ours. And, you know, we like to look after what is ours. So those ambitions to, to go down south as well as here, to, to go abroad, to go overseas, the way that Scousers can champion that is just by, just keep supporting the festival. Yeah, because the whole process of that is, you know, in my mind, is to try to keep the, the Liverpool one always free and find other ways of generating money to make sure that happens, you know, because I think that's a real uniqueness about the festival and I think that, I think that's why the people love it as well because because it's free and because it's you know if they want to go home for a few hours and come back they can you know it's non-restrictive you know there's, there's no fences there's no you know people telling you can't do this yeah. and can't do that so I think people respect that and you see the way they behave kind of um encapsulates you know uh, um that whole thing uh, do you want to just have a quick run through of some of the artists so like you said um there's a the names you might not necessarily know but you can get involved with so I picked out Horace Andy because I'd heard the name. Yeah, so Horace Andy, people will recognise him as one of the main vocalists on Massive Attacks yeah. stuff. And he's worked with loads of people and he's got a massive back catalogue. He's one of those, a bit like Max Romeo a couple of years ago, where he starts singing a song and people are like, oh, I want to hear this one. Yeah. <laughs> so look out for him. And, and that's to celebrate Windrush Day, which is a really uh, important um, uh, event to, to celebrate. 
Another one I want to point in your direction is uh, Ocean. Um, and Ocean are a bit different. They're, they're kind of like, um, I would say, a bit, think Jill Scott, you know, Erica Badu-ish, that kind of yeah. soulful uh, America. And they're from uh, Washington, D.C. They're actually playing Glastonbury um, yeah. after okay. us, as are BCUC from South Africa um, and Gaspinali. So three of uh, the programme on the first day are going straight to Glastonbury oh, I'll have us. to keep an eye out. I made, I made a note of... Um, Oh, what's her name? Is it Fatima Sadiawara? Who, who she's you, played. Yeah, she's yeah. played. And, and she's got a really, quite a high slot at Glastonbury now. She's, she's on West Holt. Yeah, so she she was actually playing with a really famous, the queen of African music, a woman called Uma Zangari. And we put her on in Liverpool, Umu, back in 2007 with the city council by the pier head. And Fatimata was her guitarist at the time and dancer. And she gave me a CD afterwards and said, you know, I'm starting my own project. Not behind Umu's back, you know, it was with yeah. her backing sort of thing. She said, I'm starting my new project, would you be interested? And I listened to it and I was like, yeah, and put her on the next year. Uh, and I think we had her on again a few years later, but she's just gone from strength to strength and she's she's gone massive, you know. Yeah. And, and you can go through the Glastonbury programme and you'll find loads of either people that are playing or played before or people are playing this year. So sun, the Saturday looks amazing. And then also on the Sunday, there's look out for Moonlight Benjamin. She's from Haiti um, and she's kind of like ripping ripping it up. She's just played the New Orleans Jazz Fest and she's got a full program around the, around Europe and the world this year. Um, Garifuna Collective from Belize as well. Um, they're our headline act on the Sunday and people are going to be blown away by that. Reggae. Um, on Sunday as well with Jar Nine. She's um, a female reggae artist. Yeah. And I think people are going to be blown away. Again, you can see that we've tried to address gender equality as well over the years because I was going to all these events and seeing loads of female artists. But when when it was coming down to the actual bands that were being booked, you weren't seeing them on stage. So a couple of years ago, we kind of tried to address this and sort of said, look, I've seen amazing female artists. Let's not just have one a day. Let's just see if we can balance it out. So you see now Moonlight Benjamin, you know, um, Ocean, who I mentioned earlier, um, Jar 9, you know, we, we're trying to get as many female... Uh, That's really good. ...females on stage Because I made a note of the, the partner key change as well. Yeah, That's yeah, with them, yeah, yeah. And I think um, that's been a big problem over festivals yeah. in the last couple of years. I think it was wireless last yeah, year yeah. if there was a there was a poster and they removed all of the male artists mm. and just left the females and i think over the full two days of about two or three stages i think there was like four females and i know it's i know it's an urban music festival and mm. some i'm a big advocate for not putting women on for women's sake I'm just gonna say that there's, there's no but, way i'll do that but uh, as i alluded to before the quality that was seen around the world exactly it's I was there wondering why you know why it wasn't happening so we made a statement and it just coincided with key change and actually i think key change used us as, as a, a kind of a an example of, mm. of, of, a, of, a, of a festival that's made that change. And also the other thing that I want to say that's really important is we have on-stage signers, which we've been doing for the last three or four years. Oh, that's excellent. Uh, and unlike other festivals, we have them on the main stage next to the artists, you know, as part of the whole performance. They dance and they, they've got a real great energy to them. Um, so I wanted to make a note of that because, again, it's about being inclusive and, and, and making sure that everyone feels like they... They can enjoy, you know, we have a, a, a wheelchair platform as well now, um, viewing platform, accessible viewing platform. Um, so we're trying to do things like that to kind of make uh, 
everybody feel included in the festival. Fully accessible. Yeah. And just quickly, the OA introduces as well. You've got two artists from, well, Liverpool-based. Yeah, Liverpool-based. We try to do that every year. We have our community performances, which is like, you know, getting kids on the stage and stuff they've rehearsed. And Stage Chaos will be doing that on the Saturday. I think they're doing something around Nelson Mandela, which will be great. And then Batala uh, doing some drumming on the Sunday. But the two uh, OEA introduces are Satin Beige and Tabitha Jade. Uh, and they're both female artists who, um, based in Liverpool, as you say, who are on the verge. OEA introduces about acts that we think might be on the verge of breaking through. I think people like Zambolo have done it in the past and he's gone on to bigger and better things. Um, New Tribe. So it's about like looking at these people and, uh, and actually one of these artists, I think it might have been Satin Beige. She, she sent a picture of her at OEA about three or four years ago as a punter and yeah. she's saying, I can't believe I'm going to be playing on the stage. And I love stories like that, do you know what I mean? And I think New Tribe, who played a few years ago, they came with a picture uh, and it was their parents holding them as babies at, at OEA, the three of them. And then they ended up playing on the stage. So it's about creating legacies as well for your own and making sure that you know, although we're an international music festival, we don't want to ignore uh, any local talent that might be there. And, and, and if we can, try and give them a, a, you know, a push up by putting them on the main stage with international artists. I mean, there's just so much going on over the two days. There's also uh, a couple of after parties as well, if you want to go and carry it on. I won't be going to after parties, you're not, but you you're, quite, to make you're it. quite welcome to go. Um, so it's on Saturday the 22nd, Sunday the 23rd. 12.30 till 9.30 both 12 days. 12.30 till 9.30, so you can no even ticket. get in bed nice and time on yep. Sunday, ready yep. for work. But if you do want to go to the after parties, there's a couple of stuff happening at Kitchen Street, Constellations and Casimir Garden, all three great venues in the city. Uh, and there's a warm-up party on the Friday in the Merchants. Will you be going to that one? No. <laughs> you take it I all loved the rest it. Do you know what? Merchant on a Friday is our little uh, six o'clock sort of drink. You know, yeah. um, last week it was so needed, you just don't know. But um, not next week. I mean, I won't go out at all. We'll have our little own staff after party on a Sunday. Touch wood if everything goes all right. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm going to be a good boy and sleep early and, you know, just be ready you will be ready and you'll have a lovely time as will everyone who goes and and you know just this is a special invite um from a tottenham hotspur supporter to all you liverpool fans to come out and uh, celebrate the champions league in style um you're personally invited by me you don't need a ticket for this one and uh you can uh, come up and gloat all you like because uh, you deserve it. You're allowed to say six times, shout six times yep. at all. You've got my permission for that. Bring as many flags as you want. Yeah, I might be wearing a Spurs shirt, so I should stand out. Crack out your Sadio Mane and Mo Salah tops, it's all fine. <laughs> so all the information is over at their website, africaoye.com. Uh, get them on social media, Africa OEA Festival 2019 on Facebook or at Africa OEA, which is O-Y-E uh, on Twitter. But for now, uh, it sounds amazing. It will be amazing. Try and get yourself down there. Trust me, you will not regret it. And once you go, you'll just constantly want to go back. You'll have an absolute ball. Uh, it's a brilliant weekend and we're so, so lucky to have it in this city. Um, Paul, thank you very much for joining me on Cup of Tea. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Anfield Wrap. Uh, we are moving our price point. Uh, you currently don't subscribe, but we'd like to think about it into the, the season to come. Uh, the video stuff, all the free video stuff we did for the whole of last season is going behind the paywall. Uh, so if you've been watching that and you want to consider that, that'll be available at £7 for all video, uh, plus the free audio, uh, or £7 for all audio, or £10 for both. Uh, it's an exciting season and it's an exciting prospect. It's exciting for the Anfield Wrap as well. 
We're constantly looking to innovate and find new ways to do fantastic content for all of our listeners. That includes the free listeners, but also those who are behind the paywall, obviously. That's where we want to try and do some really, really good work and get things ticking over for you. If you've been thinking about subscribing, now's a great time. Also, do feel free to download our app and see things through there as well. It is the Anfield Wrap. I am Neil Atkinson. Thank you so much for listening. As a free listener, uh, it is always appreciated. Thank you very much for taking the time indeed. Uh, we are moving forward with the Anfield Wrap into 2019-2020. Let's hope that Liverpool are doing exactly the same. I've got no shadow of a doubt that they are. Sports Social Podcast Network.